What's up, everybody? Want to start by saying we had some technical difficulties with this episode. I had no idea that my microphone was not picking up the voice, so my voice is going to sound uh, not as clear, not as crisp as you would typically hear it on other episodes. I do apologize. It was an oversight, and but but I just wanted to make sure that we share still shared this episode because the content is extremely valuable, and I really enjoyed this conversation. I know you will as well. I know you will f- find value in it. Uh, again, my apologies. Try to bear with it. I don't know if it's as bad as I'm making it out to be, but it's clearly not as clear and crisp as it typically would be. Um, that said, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show with the one and only Debbie Silber. The Optimal Life. Debbie, what exactly is... Post-betrayal syndrome. It was one of the three discoveries made during my PhD study. And just to back up, you don't study something like betrayal unless you have to. Um, I had a really painful betrayal from my family a few years later. I I thought I did everything I needed to do to heal. A few years later, it happened again. This time it was my husband. That was the deal breaker. Got him out of the house, looked at the two experiences thinking, well, what's similar to these two? Me, but what else? And, and I realized, you know, boundaries were always getting crossed. I never took my needs seriously. And I was like, you know what? If nothing changes, nothing changes. So here I was, four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. And I enrolled in a PhD program. Uh, and it was in transpersonal psychology, psychology of transformation and human potential. Um, because I was changing so much, I didn't quite understand it. He was too, wasn't ready to look at that. And then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? And that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my family, my health, my work, my life. So to answer your question, post-betrayal syndrome was one of those three discoveries. And um, what it what it is, is that there's actually, we found that there's a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal, it's known as post-betrayal syndrome. And, uh, you know, we've had 95,000 plus people take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site, to see to what extent they're struggling. We think, oh, it's due to stress. Oh, it's due to aging. No, it's not. It's due to your unhealed betrayal. Wow. And it's only like a four minute quiz, correct? Yeah, it's it's not long, but it's it's deep. And it's, uh, you know, it's going to get you to realize what's lingering. And here's the thing, and I'm happy to share stats from the quiz, but the the statistics are high. I mean, all these numbers, like, you know, whether it's a gut issue or a weight issue or anxiety or whatever, the craziest part about it is it's not necessarily from a recent betrayal. This could be from something that happened when you were a kid. This could be from the girlfriend or boyfriend who broke your heart in high school. So think about it. That person may not know, care, remember, they may not even be alive. And here we are walking around with symptoms today because of something that happened decades ago. That's what happens when you don't heal. We think time will heal it. We think a new relationship will heal it. I have the proof only moving through it will heal it. How are you able to determine that somebody's trauma that they're dealing with was something from 30 years prior versus something that happened recently? 
Yeah. Well, you know, we see an unhealed betrayal in health and work in relationships. Like, for example, in relationships, I'll see it in one of two ways. Classic sign is a repeat betrayal. The faces change, but it's the same thing. They keep going from partner to partner to partner, you know, boss to boss to boss, friend to friend to friend. They say, what the heck is it me? Yes, it is. Not in that it's your fault and that it's your opportunity. There is a profound lesson waiting to be learned. Now, the lesson could be get it already that you are lovable, worthy and deserving. You need better boundaries in place, whatever it is, until and unless you get that, you're going to have opportunities in the form of people to teach you. So that's classic way we see it in relationships. The other way is the big wall goes up. And I'm sure you have plenty of people listening right now. They're like, oh, oh," you know, where it's like, "Uh oh, bid there, done that. You're not getting, you know, close to me or my heart again. We think it's coming from a place of strength and it's not, it's protection. We were so hurt. We felt so violated. We felt, you know, so vulnerable that we are unwilling to feel that again. Uh, That's an unhealed betrayal too. So that's just in relationships. You know, we see it in work, a classic way in work. Think about it. You, you deserve that raise or promotion, you know, but your confidence was shattered in the betrayal. So you don't have the confidence to ask, or you want to be a team player, collaborative partner, but the person you trusted the most proved untrustworthy. How do you trust that boss, that coworker, that partner? Shows up everywhere. It's so deep. It's so many layers deep to get to that root cause. I do want to hear statistics, but when you were just talking, it made me think about literally something I posted yesterday um, on our new Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Quote that I put, yeah, I post some self-improvement, personal development quotes that I come up with in my in my spare time. And I said, callousing your heart is an effective method to avoid the pain of being hurt and an effective method to avoid the joy of being loved. Exactly. You keep the best of everything at bay. It's incredible. So you're going to put your defense mechanisms up and say, look at me, nobody could hurt me anymore. But Mm -hmm. think about all the joy and love that you're never going to feel again because of that. And in addition, think of the additional power you're giving that person by them hurting you and you cutting off your ability to feel that level of closeness, intimacy, joy, whatever. Mm. They don't deserve that. Right. Right. Very powerful. Mm -hmm. Give us a few high level statistics from this study. What The 95,000 participants, what have you seen? What have you learned? Sure. So this is men, women. This is every age group. Almost every country is represented. Ready? 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. 94% deal with painful triggers. If if you've had them, those triggers can take you right down. The most common physical symptoms, 71% have low energy. 68% have sleep issues. 63% have extreme fatigue. 47% have weight changes, 45% have digestive issues. So think about it. You could go to the most well-meaning gut doctor, right? Digestive expert for Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, whatever. And at the root, they can only take that healing so far because at the root of it, very often is that unhealed betrayal. Most common mental symptoms, 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. 68% can't focus, 64% are in shock, 62% can't concentrate. So imagine that you can't concentrate, you're exhausted, you have a gut issue, you still have to go to work, you still have to raise your kids, right? That's not even the emotional issues. Emotionally, 
88% experience extreme sadness. 83% are very angry. You can bounce back and forth between sadness and anger all day long, and that's debilitating. 82% feel hurt, 80% have anxiety, 79% are stressed. Just a few more. Here's why I wrote the book Trust again. 84% have an inability to trust. And that one just got me. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Now, these are all people that have proven that they have some kind of betrayal trauma in their past. These are not every single 95,000 because not, maybe not necessarily all 95,000 have been betrayed or have they? No, 95,000 uh, plus people have taken our post-betrayal syndrome quiz to see to what extent they're struggling. Wow. So all of these folks believe they have struggled in something. So this is this is across those 95,000. So when you say 80%, you're talking like 80,000, almost 80,000 people. Exactly. And and that's why I said what's so staggering is it's not necessarily from a recent betrayal. This is this is from it could be from decades ago. Now, the good news is you can heal from all of it, which was the third discovery. So but most people there are and, and the, the discovery for me, this was the most exciting. And what was discovered was while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many people do. If we're going to fully heal, and by fully heal, I mean symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome, like I just shared, to, which was the first discovery, uh, a completely different state called post-betrayal transformation, we're going to move through five proven, predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every stage. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. The tragedy is most people find themselves and stay in stage three. Well, Transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. I want to I want to touch on each each of those five stages because I think that'll bring a lot of value. Yeah. Uh, before we get there, I want to hear a little bit more about you. And you said you have been betrayed. There was two major events where you were betrayed. The first was by your family. How old were you at that point? You know, it was, uh, this is, this is a lifetime, you know, it, it was a lifetime of it. And then when I finally, um, when I finally realized, you know, the, the, the difference with, with betrayal is, and, and we see this and we teach this within the PBT Institute, how do you know if it's safe and in your best interest to heal and rebuild with someone, or if it's safe and in your best interest to heal yourself and move on. And in the case of my family, what I, what I learned was they're not changing. So it's in my best interest to heal and move on. Now, the other side of that is with my husband. Well, the let, me quick, Debbie. let me just stop you. Yeah, yeah. What did they, what's the example? What did they, I know if you said it was a lifetime, but Generally speaking, what do they do to specifically betray you? Yeah, I, I can give you a, uh, just an overview umbrella just because of all kinds of legal things, but I would say uh, it, verbal, mental, emotional abuse. Okay. So just the, the big blanket of being wronged and, and being feeling a lot of pain. Okay. So that was the first one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moving on to your husband, then you're married. How many kids do you have at this point? Four kids. Four kids, when you felt the betrayal of your husband, take us through that. What happened and, and how were you betrayed and how did you find out? Yeah, so I had four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. Uh, we were we were just becoming very distant and in just uh, we were together since 1984, and um, I started becoming very spiritual. I wanted to be, feel some sort of connection, and uh, and and he 
met someone and, and it was infidelity. And that was the deal breaker. So that was the end of the marriage. And then uh, uh, I think, and I completely crashed and burned, but I d- couldn't afford just to, you know, pull the covers over my head. I mean, I had a business to run. I had kids. I had dogs. What's that? How did you find out about the infidelity? Yeah, it was a phone call. It was, it was a phone call. Yeah. And that then uh, call, that phone call had to rock you. It had to shock you. Oh, it, it shatters life as you've known it. And everybody who's been through it, 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 it creates a psychological earthquake. You know, you, you compartmentalize life as before it happened and after it happened. You know, I saw your TEDx talk too, speaking of that, and I, one of your TEDx talks, and you talk about how you, you use the example of the appliances in the home when something's broken and you fix it with this. But when the whole house goes knocking down, right, mm-hmm. that's a whole different ballgame. Oh, absolutely. There was no patching this up in, you know, for me, there was no patching this up. This was, this was the end. And, and for him too, because he actually was the one who told our kids. So if anything is going to have you rock your world as the betrayer, it's realizing you lost the only things that truly mattered to you. And, and there are two different types of betrayers. There's the one who's just simply on to the next. And then there's the one who realizes what in the world did I just do? And as much as the betrayed can transform, that's the type of betrayer that can completely transform too. You know, we have our rebuild program in the in the Institute and it's for betrayers as well. And I have seen these people become uh, people that they are truly proud of. When that's the case, and listen, the betrayed doesn't have to do anything, but they have something to work with. If if it's uh, if it's an option for them, when when the the person has no intention of train uh, changing, regardless, you still hear heal yourself. But in that case, heal yourself and move on. When the betrayer completely changes, you still hear heal yourself, but you can re-enter uh, that relationship as two completely transformed people. And when you do, you, know, you become a power couple. And and that's what I did with my husband. You know, not long ago, as two completely transformed people. We married each other again. New rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids is our bridal party. Uh, wow. Never, oh yeah, and never in a divorce. How, were, how long were you separated for? Uh, you know, like a year, maybe. Oh. Yeah, and but but I think the I I cha- both of us changed to the level that we did because he, you know, he I think ha- for him having four teenagers look at you like you did what to our mom, you know, and, and losing everything was the reason why he changed to the level he did. And I was doing the study. So everything the study proved to work, I implemented. Everything the study proved didn't work, I didn't. And then when I learned about the five stages, I simply put myself through them. Right. That's what allowed you to prove them out uh, one stage at a time. Yeah. Before we get to those, I, I wanted to, so you guys, when did you guys get remarried? How long ago? Um, it was, and maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like a big life blur. How long ago did you learn about the betrayal, the infidelity? It was, uh, it was the, uh, towards like late summer, 2015. What's even crazier about that. My first TEDx and someone just told me they, they had watched it the other day and, and it, it, re- it reminded me that was six weeks after my betrayal. I, I have no idea how I was even able to pull that off. I mean, honestly, I, but yeah, but by, but by January of 2016, I was in the PhD program. 
Well, yeah, and you spent, you have multiple TEDx talks. I highly recommend anyone that wants to go see because you do a phenomenal job. They're short, they're precise. You deliver the message with a lot of passion, a lot of charisma, and uh, they're like 10, 15 minutes. Uh, you can just Google Debbie's name on YouTube. You'll find them. Um, so, yeah, so back to, okay, so you got the 2015 is the betrayal. You guys are still together, though. I mean, maybe you're separated. No. You don't get divorced right away because you said you were only divorced for about a year. We're, we weren't divorced. We were separated. Yeah, that was the minute I found out. That was it. He was out of the house. That was it. I was like, okay, I wasn't counting on this, but here I am. I'm a single mom now. Right. And, uh, and and then over the last, then you get divorced. I don't know. I'm picking a general time. We're period. separated. Mm-hmm. And you get divorced in like 2020, give or take. And uh, and then you get remarried a couple of years ago because you said you were only divorced for like a year. We weren't divorced. We were separated. Yeah. You were separate. You never got legally divorced. Not legally divorced. No, but okay. we got married again. You got married again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, okay. So you got married again because you wanted to, a clean slate. The last, was- the last couple of years since you've done that, have there been those moments, though, that creep back in where you go back and you're feeling those triggers or you're feeling insecurities and going, is it happening again? Not when you're in stage four or five of the healing process. Okay. In your, if you're in stage two or three, that's where you live. And people stay there for life. Yeah. It's in going through the stages. You just, you don't go there anymore. That version of you doesn't exist. That version of him doesn't exist. I I never would bother doing this if it, I mean, why would in the world would I take that on? I will tell you though, there were three groups in the study who did not heal. One group, this was the group, they had their story. They were sticking with it. They didn't heal. The second, this was the group where they were medicating. They were numbing, avoiding, distracting. It was so painful. Let's say they ran to the doctor who put them on a mood stabilizer or anti-anxiety med, or they started drinking or numbing in some way. May have made the day a bit easier to get through, not without a price. The third group, this was the group where the betrayer had no consequences. So whether it was out of religious reasons, that was a big one, financial fear, not wanting to break up a family. They just did all they could to turn the other cheek. Uh, I saw two things with this group. Number one, a further deterioration of the relationship. And this group was the most physically sick. Mm, I am not surprised. Yeah. Walking on eggshells and trying to band-aid a completely nasty, broken situation. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Exactly. It doesn't work. And and this is the group that's trying to like, in the in the example about the house, trying to patch up the house. It doesn't work. But people are so afraid of that crash and burn of the old. That's the only way you birth the new, whether it's a new you or a new potential collective you. Take us through the five stages at a high level. Let's talk about each one and briefly talk, give a little background. So stage one, you find out you're betrayed. What happened? Yeah, stage one is actually before it happens. And and this these are all in trust. Again, it's all we teach within the institute. It's what all our coaches are certified in. So imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody, me too, was a heavy lean on the physical and mental thinking and doing and kind of neglecting or ignoring the emotional and the spiritual feeling and being. If a table only has two legs, easy for that table to topple over. And that's us. Stage two, shock. Trauma, D-Day, Discovery Day, the scariest by far of all of the stages. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. Right here, you've gotten the news. You are headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind. 
specifics? What were your specifics? When you got your betrayal news from your husband, what kind of physical ailments did you suffer? Yeah, it started with, with shock, numbness, brain fog, uh, weight changes. I could not hold food down, extreme anxiety, sleep issues. I mean, the most common hair loss, uh, skin issues, everything. I mean, your body just freaks out because you immune uh, suppression. So I was much more susceptible for, you know, anything going around. Hide some of this. Cause you got your four kids that are relying on their mom to be, you know, the super mom, the superwoman. Oh, that- I was a superwoman. Right. I let, you know, and, and listen, I, I'm a big believer in every parent knows best. Uh, my kids, keep in mind, my kids knew. So, so I told them I'm, I'm not certainly at my best. I, I don't want to burden you, but, but I am not firing at full capacity now. So I'm going to do the best I can. I love you more than life itself, but I'm not going to be doing my best. And with that, there was a bit of a pass, you know, um, yeah. And it, it was very helpful. And they said, mom, we're, you know, it's team mom, whatever you need. Right. And they must've been a tremendous source of strength for you. Oh yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's so hard. You go through this thinking, okay, what in the world are they getting from this? What are they learning about people and marriage and relationships and commitment? And, and then uh, that was a really big issue with when he was changing so much and I was changing so much and we started sort of dating again and, and becoming friends again and learning each other on an entirely new level again, that was a big fear. You know, what would my kids think about this and that? And then when we got married again, uh, I only I, I only wanted the kids there because I, I wanted them to write something. I wanted to know what they were truly feeling about it. And I at first of you know what which you know so many people feel, will I be perceived as weak? Will they look at it like I just didn't stand up for myself? Will they but they saw it. They saw I was willing to be completely on my own, raise them on my own. Um, and every message from each of them was about strength. They saw me crash, but they saw me heal. They saw me rise. What was the thing that their father told them? What was his justification or reasoning that he told them? None. Was- None. You, you, because here's the thing. When somebody starts making excuses, they haven't owned it. That's, you know, and, and there's, there's levels of, we, I teach something called the window of willingness, how to know, you know, when someone has fully owned it, taking full and complete responsibility to the point where they're just flat out denying, thinking you're crazy. Um, when someone is making excuses or blaming you, heal yourself and move on. You know, when someone is fully and completely owning it and, and it's an entirely different scenario and, and thing you're working with. That's a great piece of advice. If somebody is trying to justify their bad behaviors and not take 100% complete ownership, that is a red flag to run for the hills. Yeah. Yeah. It's because think about it. If you can't be woman or man or whatever you are enough to own what you've done, how in the world do you have the power to change it? Mm. Right? Same. Right. Remorse, empathy, restitution. I am so terribly sorry for what I did. What in the world was I thinking? How in the world can I make it up to you? Now, of course, it's going to take a heck of a lot more than that. But at least that person sees what they've done. Now, many betrayers wouldn't they don't have they don't have the empathy or the capacity or the willingness to do that. You're not working with much there. Heal yourself and move on. So stage one was the logic reasoning versus the emotional stuff. Stage two, the physical ailments. How long do people stay in stage two for typically? They could stay there for 
years, decades, a lifetime. You could, you know, think about it. Once you have your story, and this is more typical of stage three, and I'm happy to finish the stages, that's all you know. And then you're like, okay, this is life now. And I can't imagine anything better than this. And this is just the way it is. And like, for example, once, so so stage two, shock, trauma, D-Day, discovery day, your worldview is shattered. The bottom has bottomed out on you and the new bottom hasn't been formed yet. It's terrifying. But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You grab hold of whatever you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three, survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this? Where do I go? Who can I trust? Here's the trap though. Once you've figured out how to survive your experience, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, you think it's good. And because you don't know there's anywhere else to go, you don't know there's a stage four or stage five, you plant roots here. You're not supposed to, but you don't know that. And four things happen. The first thing is we start getting all those small self-benefits. You get to be right. We like being right. You get your story. You get someone to blame. You know, you get all these things. So you plant deeper roots. You're not supposed to, but you don't know that. And now that you're here longer than you should be, the mind starts doing things like, well, you know, maybe you're not that great. Maybe you deserved it. Maybe this, maybe that. So you plant deeper roots. Mm -hmm. Now, because these are the thoughts you're thinking, well, this is the energy you're putting out. Like energy attracts like energy. So now you're attracting people and circumstances and even relationships to confirm, yep, this is where you belong. The misery loves company crowd, they find you now. Here's where you join that lame support group. And you actually will keep yourself here because now you found your people and you don't want to outgrow them, right? It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but you don't know there's anywhere else to go, Right here, you start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, whatever, to numb, avoid, and distract yourself. So you do this for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone 20 years later and say, that emotional eating you're doing, that numbing in front of the TV, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? They would look at me like I'm crazy, saying, happened 20 years ago. All they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. Does that make sense? It makes a ton of sense. And that's why when I asked you the question about, have you ever had those insecurities or triggers come up over the last couple of years? You said, no, because I haven't remained in stage three. So how do they, that's, that's the big trap. It sounds like of all the stages, we haven't got to four or five, but that mm -hmm. based on what you're saying, yeah. people hibernate and live for decades, as you said. Exactly. How do you, cause you need that stage. You need survivability. You need it. But, but there's a, a point of, of, uh, you know, declining returns once you hit a certain point. So how long should somebody be staying in stage three for? There, you know, it's not a question, and the study proved this, it's not a question of how much time you need to be there. It's more willingness. I mean, I thought as the researcher, I was like, well, you know, the people who were the hardest hit would take the longest because they have the most to overcome. That had nothing to do with it. It was the ones who put their heads down and said, I, I am not picking it up till I'm out the other side. They blew the doors off of the ones that you would you would view as a lesser betrayal, but they were numbing or they had they were clinging on to their story. So it had very little to do with time. It had much more to do with willingness. You want me to take you through the remaining stages? Yeah, please. Okay. So if you're willing, you know, again, willingness is that word right here to let go of your story and all it brings you, 
And think about it. I had a very powerful story. Everybody that I trusted betrayed me, right? And you'd give me tons of sympathy. But if you're willing to let go of the story for one that serves you so much better, grieve, mourn the loss, bunch of things you need to do. You move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo that, but I control what I do with it. Right there in that decision, you've started to turn down the stress response. You're not healing just yet, but at least you stopped the massive damage you'd been picking up in stages two and stage three. Stage four feels like if you've ever moved. If you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, whatever, your stuff's not all there. It's not quite cozy yet, but you're like, okay, okay, we can do this. We got this. It feels like that. But what's so interesting about stage four is think about this. If you were to move, you don't take everything with you. You don't take the things that don't represent who you want to be in that new space. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you right here in this one spot, moving to, from stage three to stage four, you've outgrown them. They don't come. Mm. Yeah. So people who say, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. If they don't rise, they don't come. That lame support group you were a part of, you've outgrown them right here. Make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when, yeah. when, you're that, when you're in that stage four, you need to recognize you're going to, your, your relationships are going to change if you want to do this the right way. If you don't want to be held back, your relationships are going to change. Iron sharpens iron. You need to go find the iron. Exactly. Now, you can still love and appreciate your friends for where they are, who they are, but you are finding like-minded, growth-oriented, a different, a different group because you're becoming different. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that's very, very that's common. Four. Again, it, does length matter for this stage? No, no, no. It's, it's also, it's, it's as action oriented as uh, stage three stage stage three is action oriented, like looking for, you know, cheating partners and, and narcissism. And you're doing all kinds of research about them. Stage four is very, um, is very action oriented about how do I heal from this? What can I try? What am I ready for? What do I need now? Mm. It's a very different forward focus. Once you've settled into this sort of newness, and mentally, you've made it home. You move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal, self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. The mind is healing. You're making new rules. You're making new boundaries based on the road you just traveled. And you have a new worldview based on everything you see so clearly now. And the four legs of the table, in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Beautiful stuff and tremendously valuable advice because there's a lot of people, just look at your study. Think about how many millions of people haven't taken your study. And you know what? You could have a million more people take it, and the numbers are going to be the same. You're going to have 800,000 people that feel all those, because all your statistics were between 75 and 85%, basically, on negative things that they've experienced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Same exact number. Uh, high numbers. Yeah, from something, think about it, from something that could have happened decades ago that hadn't been healed. That's, that, that's the most eye-opening thing. Uh, you mentioned... You found this on the, your path to, to discover yourself was this the five stages, but you said that that was actually one of three exciting discovery discoveries. Mm -hmm. Real quick, what were the other two? 
Yeah. So, so the five stages for me, that was by far the most exciting. And just to, just to finish up with the five stages, it is so common that we see new relationships with someone new or a completely revamped brand new relationship with the person who hurt you. That's a stage four or five thing, new levels of health, new businesses. If I tell you how many new businesses are birthed, the PBT Institute, that was a stage five thing. You don't have access to stuff when you're moving through, when you're stuck in trauma, when you've moved through one of the hardest of the, the human experiences, you just see a level of you that, that didn't exist. There's potential. There's so much more. So stage four and stage five is really exciting. Anyway, to answer your question, the, the first discovery was that betrayal is a very t- different type of trauma. It, it, you know, I had been through death of a loved one. I had been through disease and I was like, nope, betrayal feels different for me. I didn't want to assume it was the same for everybody else. So I asked them, if you've been through other traumas, does it feel different for you unanimously? And here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the entire self get chattered rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust. Like when you lose someone you love, it doesn't have you question your entire past. It doesn't have you question the love. It doesn't have you question your sanity, right? Betrayal does. So that it was a very different type of trauma. That's the first discovery. That is really incredibly powerful as well. Mm -hmm. Because you could only be betrayed if you had love. You can't have betrayal without having this positive, joyous, love, loving environment, because that is, the, in essence, what betrayal is. It's you had trust, you had love, and it was shattered and it was taken from you. Yeah. And there are different levels of it. It's different than you, Debbie, with somebody who's an enemy of yours. You know they're going to come at you. You know they're coming towards you. So, okay, you know, you can hurt my feelings, but that's about it. Exactly. Exactly. It's that depth of this is the person you run to when other people are causing the harm. This is the person you lean on. This is the person you trust. And that's the person it's like they take off a mask. Right. It shatters the body, mind, and heart. Wow. Yeah. The shock, the shock and awe. It's, it's incredible. Okay. So then what was the other discovery? So the first was uh, that, that betrayal is a different type of trauma. So that healing needed its own name, which is now called post-betrayal transformation, the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. The second was uh, post-betrayal syndrome, that there's that collection of symptoms so common to betrayal, it's known as post-betrayal syndrome. And the third was uh, the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough. Phenomenal stuff. And uh, I have no doubt we're helping people today. Uh, before we finish it up, I, I know you mentioned your your newer business because of what you've come through out of stage five and, and where you are now. PBT Institute, we've kind of talked a little bit about it, but tell us a little bit more detail about exactly who you guys are and what you do. Yeah. So the PBT Institute is based on the research. It's based on exactly what's needed to heal. So once someone enters in, we have live daily classes with our certified coaches. The coaches are all certified in the five stages, but they specialize in different areas. They specialize in narcissism, in divorce, in reconciliation, in chronic pain, anything that anybody would experience. We have coaches for that, but they're all certified in the five stages. Um, We have our signature programs, which literally move you through the five 
five stages from betrayal to breakthrough, master classes with experts you cannot get appointments with, and the type of community that the research proved is needed to heal. It's a community that's there to lift and inspire, not the ain't it awful club. So people come in. Not community from uh, phase three, right? <laughs> they're not, yeah, I mean, right. People come in at stage two or stage three, but it, it, it takes a minute to assess what stage they're in. And they know if they're in stage two, these are the classes, these are the programs, this, these are the coaches to get to stage three. Once you're in stage three, these are the classes, these are the programs. These, And so they're on a path to move from one stage to the next. Phenomenal. And we'll make sure we link that in the show notes. You guys want to learn more about Debbie and her company and her services, click the link to her uh, website here in the show notes. Um, you also have a couple books I see. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the books. Yeah, so I'll show you. This is the this is brand new. I mean, this is a, the Rebuild Roadmap. This is actually a, a collaboration book with all of our certified PBT coaches. This is for the betrayer. So um, we have, because we have a whole area for them as well. So that's um, the actual person that did the wrong. Yeah, yeah. Who wants to just become someone they're proud of. And it's very common. We have uh, the betrayed coming in, in our reclaim program, the betrayer coming in in a rebuild program. They meet up again as two very different people. And then you and, also have the unshakable woman and from hardened to healed. I have, yeah. And I have trust again. This one maps out the five stages. And this one, if you find you are tragically stuck in stage three from hardened to healed is all about stage three. Okay, fantastic. And we'll try to link up what we can here in the show notes. Let me finish it off because you have to, you came on my podcast. I'm sure we want to talk a little bit about your podcast. So tell us what you got going on there. Sure. So uh, we're globally ranked within the top 1.5%. So I'm honored that that's the case. And we're um, we're serving a, a need. You know, uh, betrayal stinks. It, like, as I mentioned, it's one of the most painful of the human experiences. So I just bring on uh, experts and, and I have solo episodes and it's really everything that helps someone heal. It's for the person who's like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm working through this. I'm not, you know, Everything I teach and what the what we do within uh, the PBT Institute is not for the person who's been betrayed, because some people are just, they love their story. But for the person ready to use it as a catalyst for their transformation, that's who we serve. Beautiful. From Betrayal to Breakthrough is the name of the podcast. Final question for you. Um, someone's listening right now. Holy cow, this is my life. I just got the news. My world came crashing down. This is recent. What's your message to those folks? Uh, yeah, you're in stage two. It's it's so terrifying, um, but there is a proven, predictable way to move through all the stages. I know how much it hurts. I know how it seems like life will never get better. There is a version of you so strong, so healthy, so healed, so whole, waiting for you in stage four and stage five. Beautiful, Doctor Debbie. Thank you so much. It was great connecting. Thank you so much. <laughs> 